Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this message. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our desire is to help lead you in experiencing God by following Jesus. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to our website at atmosphere.church. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Pastor Kevin Nickerson is the LA Rams chaplain, and so he's got a, a great uh, thing that he's doing with the team, and he'll tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, he also uh, is the founder of an organization called Game Breakers Academy, where he helps young men uh, thrive and and exceed all of their expectations in life. So it's, it's a great mentorship program uh, that he has launched, and it's beautiful, and it's always so awesome to have him here, a part of our gathering. So would you give a warm atmosphere welcome to Pastor Kevin Nickerson. Hello, can you, okay. Super Sunday, I know you guys got your grills and everything going, and you got the wood in the, in the, uh, in the smoker, I don't know if you're smoking ribs, brisket. I don't, I don't know. Do you, what do you guys cook out here? I don't know. Try tip. That's what you got to do. Try tip, right? Yeah, I'm from Kansas City. Uh, Pastor Jim Mitch, I'm from Kansas City, so we'll smoke anything. So it doesn't matter. Uh, it, yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll put it on the grill. And and this is just a, a regular occasion. You know, the Super Bowl, Super Sunday. So we, you know, a little extra special. You know. Uh, as Pastor Jim said, I, I am born and raised in Kansas City. I am still a Kansas City boy, proud to be from there. So there is no uh, conflict in my heart about who should win today. Uh, I believe that if there's, no, there's no confrontation in my heart. I believe that the Chiefs will win. Uh, that's just my aunt. You know, I, I work for the Rams I want them to. I want them to be in the Super Bowl every year, but they're not. So I have a win-win. Uh, my hometown, you know, and I still get to serve and support uh, the Los Angeles Rams. And and today is also a special day. Today is my nine-year-old's birthday. She turned nine today. Uh, she just. Her name is Hannah. Uh, she let me get out the house. She's she was eating pancakes when I left. Uh, my wife BB was hooking it up, and uh, I have my son with me. He's. He's a big guy now, uh, but Zacharias, he's here with me this morning. He's my, he's my co-pilot today, so I'm just thankful uh, to be here, and I'm thankful to the Atmosphere Church for having me uh, on Super Sunday, and I'm excited to be with you. I, I know Pastor uh, Jim had been going through the book of Acts the last four, four or five weeks, right, uh, talking about the Great Reset and using the book of Acts to talk about what the church should look like. And I believe that's a, a, a wonderful place to start to use Acts as a, as a training manual uh, for us as a church. I believe God is using this time of COVID-19 to raise the church up to, uh, as he said, reset the church's mindset to what we should be about and not what we used to be. We don't want to go back to business as usual, right? We don't want to go back to business as usual. I kind of like it out here because I, I'm sure that those that are on the, the, on the golf course 
they can hear some of the things that are being said. I, I don't know if it's true, but the mics are loud enough, and I'm pretty sure the word projects. You know, God has a way of projecting his words, right? And so, I mean, I don't believe God wants us to uh, go back to normal. Uh, and in our conversations as we were talking uh, this week, I was like, man, so what's the vibe of the church, man? What's been going on? He told me about the Great Reset and the Book of Acts. He's like, but there's one thing I didn't get to talk about, and that was hardship. And I was thinking, like, how do you talk about Acts without hardship? Uh, so cool, that's what I'll talk about. I'll talk about hardship. And I don't think that that's an a easy topic for people to understand and to comprehend and to, and to know that as a Christ follower, it's not easy. This is, this is not something uh, that you just come into and you walk out without any bumps or any bruises. When you walk with the Lord, there's going to be some hardship. There's going to be some, some trial. There's going to be some tribulation. And, and the word reminds us in James chapter 1 that consider it pure joy. When you, in, when you face trials and, and, and temptations of many kinds because it's producing uh, this wonderful thing in us. It's producing maturity. Let perseverance have its work so we can be mature in Christ. And I don't know about you, but I want to be mature in Christ. I don't want to be an infant all my life. I want to grow up strong like my son is right now, but, you know, how he is, but in Christ, right? I want to be, be strong and mature in Christ, and I believe that that's what the Lord desires for his people is that we need to be mature in Christ, full. But with that fullness, with that maturity, it comes hardship. I was talking uh, to a family uh, yesterday and we were, we were uh, I was actually, you know, counseling a, a young man and we were talking about um, why haven't you been motivated? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, why? Why, why aren't you doing the things that you need to do to, you know, make sure you're getting the grades and things like that? He was like, man, I just really, really not, I'm not feeling it. And, and I like to do things when people tell me that I'm doing well. I like to do things when uh, I know that I can, I, 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 I achieved it the first time and I know that I can continue to do it again. And in the back of my mind, I was like, so what happens when somebody tells you that you can't do it? What happens when you fail? Do you just stop? And, the, and, and as I was talking to him and as I was thinking about this, I was like, I think that's the mindset of, of, of the church sometimes. We say yes to Jesus. We have this mountaintop experience. And then we start coming down the mountain. And then we start hitting those, those valleys and we start getting punched in the face and we start and we meet and we, and we have to meet trial at his front door. And it's like, I don't know if I want to go through this, but I'm here to encourage you today. And I want to show you an example of what it looks like to not only endure hardship, but actually thrive through hardship. Because here's the deal. All of us are facing some type of hardship right now. I don't care where, where you are, you, you know, I, let's, let's take a look at 2020, you know? I mean, my goodness, you start, you, you, you start off, you, you, you lose, lose sports. I know for some of us, that was like the worst thing, like no sports on TV. I know for me, it was like, oh, man, dang. Can't watch the NBA finals, can't see the Lakers, you know, win the championship when they're supposed to. Like, not until, I don't even remember when the season started and finished and all of that, but there was no sports. 
There might not be a football season. Can you imagine no football? Like, I'm literally real sad. It's like the Super Bowl is here, but then next week there's no more football. You know, so I'm like, oh, man, basketball's okay. I know we got basketball people. Your son, Joe, he's, a, he's a basketball guy. I'm sorry, NBA. Uh, I'm NFL. But, uh, but then we started uh, losing our jobs and layoffs. Then we, we, we had uh, uh, stay-at-home orders where you couldn't interact with people. Like, can you imagine, you know, uh, Pastor Jim said we, he believes that uh, transformation happens not in rows but in circles, and that means when we're together. And so we, people couldn't be together. That was tough. And not to mention what was going on in, inside of your own homes, Right? The marital dysfunctions, your children uh, struggling in, in stay-at-home, uh, stay-at-home school or whatever it is. I, I don't even know what that's called. I mean, uh, we're getting used to it, but I, you still can never get used to your child sitting in front of a computer all day learning and talking to a, uh, talking to a screen. It's something about being together. And then uh, for me, it was like, man... I get a phone call from my, from my sisters back home in Kansas City, the best city in the, in, in the world, I believe. But I get a call from my sisters, and they say, Kevin, you need to come home. I'm like, what you, how, you, what, how you want me to do this? You know, you want me to fly? You want, like, mom got stage four breast cancer. You got to come home. And I'm thinking, like, hold on, God. Man, I've been faithful. Even during this time, I've been, I've been still serving. I've still been doing everything that you've asked me to do. And, and, and on top of all of this, this stuff, you, my mother has stage four breast cancer. I have never had to uh, deal with faith and reality in, in, in that way. I was like, God, are you serious? Me? Like, my mother? My, I wasn't expecting that. But then as I, as I had to get over myself and figure out, hey, God, what, you, what are you trying to do in this? How are you trying to bring my family back together? What are you doing? And so I would, I would just, I, 2020 was, was something else. In 2021, I don't know if it's, it'll be better. I don't know. But I know that I have hope in Jesus. I hope that we have hope in Jesus. Because if we had it our way, we wouldn't have hardship. We wouldn't have uh, our children walking away from the faith. We wouldn't have uh, uh, divorce in our homes. We wouldn't have this stay-at-home order. We wouldn't have financial issues. We wouldn't have disease that's running rampant upon our, uh, on our world. We wouldn't have those things. We wouldn't have uh, uh, racial divides. We wouldn't have all of these, these different things with political parties. and, and all. We wouldn't have that. If it was up to us, at least I know I wouldn't. Because as a coach, if I, as a coach, I would never draw that play up. That's a play that I would I would ball up and throw it in the trash and set it on fire. But the truth is, is that that's what that's that's been our situation. And too often as believers, I believe we take a look at our circumstance and the truth is, is that we're not always responsible for the circumstance that, we, that we're in. There was nothing that I could do for my mother with her diagnosis 
stage four breast. There's nothing that we could do about Corona, uh, the coronavirus. I call her Coco. I got her. I gave her a name. I gave her a name. So we 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 know each other, you know, not intimately, but we know each other, you know. But we 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 had no control over that. I had no control over that. But what we do have control of as believers is our response to the circumstance that has been placed before us. And so we're going to take a look at Paul. We're going to take a look at Acts chapter 16. Uh, if you have your Bibles or your phones, please take it out. I want to I look at Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 28. And I would encourage you all to, if you, if you have not read the book of Acts, take your time and go through it. But focus on Acts chapter 16 this week. It's, it's a really good a really good chapter and it's a really good story and so if you have it say amen. amen okay can you please like talk back to me because again I'm used to I haven't been in spaces where we're together right like this so talk back to me the only conversation that I'm having is with my kids they're yelling and screaming half the time and hitting each other and then with my wife okay and then we're so we're so close together yeah and so it's just like Rah! you know so so talk back to me please it's, if i say something and you like it say amen or something you know you know let's go let's you know amen amen sister verse 25 but at midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and the prisoners were listening to them verse 26 suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. For Paul, with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. That's the reading of God's word today. Lord, let me decrease that you may increase. Amen. So uh, right here we see Paul. Uh, and Silas in, in prison uh, because they were on mission for God. <laughs> they were on a mission for God. Like the Blues Brothers were on a mission from God. Remember that movie? Right? They were on a mission for God. Paul wanted to go one place, but he saw a vision of a man crying out from Macedonia saying, come, we need help. And so how many of you guys know that when God is calling us somewhere, we need to just start going and, and, and whatever happens there, we just need to know that God is doing something. Even when we don't see him, he's working, right? He's ne he never stops. And so he's on, he's on, he's on a, a missionary journey to uh, this place. And he runs into a, an antagonizer. It was a woman that was... Uh, I would just say demon possessed or she was a seer or fortune teller. So that she was basically going around following Paul and Silas as they were going to pray and 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 saying, these are the sons of God. These are the men of God and, and doing all of this and doing all of that. And, and Paul got so tired, he said, turned around and said, man, I'm calling that spirit out of you. Come on out of you. And what people didn't realize is that that she was a, a, a worker for some higher ups and so she was making a lot of money telling the future and things like that you know Chloe and all of that I let me tell your future and all of that she was doing that stuff and so so when they called it out they got very very upset and you know money is the root of the love of money is the root of all evil so they love that money and this this young lady was their 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 pot of gold and she was no longer useful 
And so they drug Paul and Silas into the middle of the court, probably something like this, but it's probably more people, it's stores and all around, and they just beat him. They beat him with poles, with rods, it said. Fly, and it said after they were severely beaten, so it wasn't just a spanking that you give your child with, you know, with your hand, just the, the tap. It was a beating. It was a beating. And it said after they were beaten, they were thrown in jail. So we pick up right here where Paul and Silas are in jail. Can you imagine the wounds that they had on their body sitting in the jail strapped? And again, they were in the innermost part of the jail. They weren't like on the outskirts. They were like, these guys are dangerous. So here, let me lock them down. Be, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them where they surely won't be able to escape. And so can you imagine whips and, and bruises and, and open sores and you sitting there and, and in pain? But the, the, the first thing that I want to see, and this is how we endure, and this is how we not only endure but thrive through hardship. In this life, they're going to be troubled. But Jesus said, take heart. Because I have overcome the world. So as a, as a believer, you better believe that it's coming. You better believe that that trial is at our front door. You better know that Satan wants to knock you off of mission. You better know that. But again, our response is, our, the, the question is, how will we respond? Will we, will we, will we, Bow up, as we say in the, bow up, as a coach. Don't fold. Or will we fold our tents and, 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 and leave the mission that God has us on? And so this is the first thing that I picked up. And it doesn't say it explicitly, but it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas, I believe that, that the, the author of Acts made it a point to show that it was Paul and Silas because there is power when two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, there he is. And so there is power in unity. When, when, when we are unified as believers, there is nothing. There is no devil in hell that could stop the things that God has for us. And so the first thing I believe that that Paul tells us and shows us right here is that it requires unity to thrive through hardship. Unity is, a, I believe, a, a prerequisite for the spirit of God to be unleashed on his people and within the world. Do you guys remember, you guys went through Acts, you guys remember in Acts chapter 2? I know, I know Pastor Jim talked about, he's a man full of the spirit. I don't think you guys can go a weekend without hearing about the, 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 the gifts of the spirit and, and, and speaking in the tongue and, and, and the power of the Holy Ghost. But you guys remember it said that when they were all together, not when they were divided, but when they were all together in one room, they might not have been playing the same instruments, but they was playing the same song. And it said when they were all in the room together, that's when the spirit fell. That's when the tongues fell upon them. That's when they were enabled to go and do the work that God had called them to do before Jesus left. He said, man, I'm calling you to make disciples of all nations. It wasn't until they were all there together. So I believe that unity 
vital part of who and what God wants us to do, especially in the middle of a hardship. But again, there's been difficulties. There's been ways that we can't be together. But, but I want to tell you that, hey, every morning, my son can attest. I have two guys that, well, actually, there's three people that we get on the phone call at 8.15 in the morning. And, and again, these aren't guys that look like me. These are two, like, old white dudes, okay? <laughs> we get on the phone every morning at 8.15. We singing the same song. We singing the same song. We read the word. And we pray every day for my mother, for our friends, for our families, that they will be healed and that God's will will be done in our lives. Every day. Unity. Unity in the body. But in that unity, you can't have unity without transparency. You got to be willing to say, hey, look, man, this is where I'm at. I'm having a hard day. It's really hard for me to not think about my mother and the possibility of her not being with me in a year. It's hard for me to pray right now. Hey, let me, I'm going to lift you up. It's going to take humility, understanding that we are not in control. God is in control. And most importantly, it's going to take love, empathy. It's going to take those things. And so I believe God is calling us to a time of unity, not uniformity. We don't have to look the same. We don't have to think the same, but we got to be singing the same song, man. Come on. We got to start singing the same song. Is Jesus real? Yes. Did he die for your sins? Yes. Yes, sing the same song. The second thing, and I think, and, it, and, and, and Pastor Jim was talking about get back to basics. It's a shame to know. Now, I don't know the numbers. How few believers have unity, have a, people that they pray with, like together, they are in fellowship with people. How few believers pray on a regular basis. How people, how few people actually like sing praises to God. And so, man, we're getting like ground level. Like this ain't no high the this is really like the the grassroots of what it looks like to get through hardship. And I don't feel like you need high theology for God. I think if we keep it simple, he'll be okay. That's right, come on. I'm dead serious. He kept it simple. It's us. We, we make things difficult. But the second thing was it said that they were, they were praying. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and prayer is simply communion and a fellowship of, of petitioning, talking to God and listening and responding to him. So prayer is not this big thing. It's just like talking. In communion, constant communion with the Lord. And it's okay if you don't know how to pray. The disciples didn't know how to pray. And they asked, can you teach me how to pray? And that's okay. So you should be asking, how do I pray? It's okay. You don't have to pray like Pastor Jim. You just pray like you. Talk to God. And there's power in prayer. It says in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, again, in Acts. So you need to be reading the book of Acts if you don't, if you haven't. You better read it. 
this month or something. You better read it. Find, you better find some time. Here it is. It said, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I don't know if you want some things to be shaken up in your life for the good and the bad. You better start praying. I don't know if you got some shackles on your feet. You got you. Are you bound to something or is there a sin that is holding you and that is keeping you? You better start praying because it said when they when they prayed together, things were shaking. That's what it said. It said they were it was shaking and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. My goodness. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly? Man, I'm telling you. God is doing something in his church. And you better be ready. You better learn how to pray. You better learn how to pray. And so we see that there is a, a power in prayer. Man, I remember it was 10 years ago. My uncle, they said, you got 10% chance to live. And we was in Kaiser Harbor City and there was a waiting room. And, and my son was one year, he was, he was one year of age. He was, he was a year old. He probably don't remember this. But there was this waiting room and it was, it was, it was like 7.30 at night. I'll never forget. They came in, told the, the wife and, and his three sons, hey, he has 10% um, chance to live. And you would think that would be a time for us to like hang our heads and, and, and oh man, what a good life he lived and he was a great pastor. You know what happened? It was amazing. <laughs> oh man, every time I think about that, I just get excited and I just, it, it's a group of people. Waiting room was one of the bigger waiting rooms. Heard the news, people got up. So I'm milling about, walking about, circled up, power in circles, right? Not in rows, circles. We circled up, we grabbed hands, and we started praying. We started praying. It was amazing. Started praying, started worshiping, crying, laughing, doing it. I mean, I don't, what, what do you, how do you laugh in a time like this? Like, come on, we're praying. My uncle's on his deathbed. What's going on? That man's still alive today. Preaching and doing his thing. The funny thing was, though, too, the funny thing about that thing was, was that, uh, you know, after the testimony and, you know, the doctors and the nurses, they coming about, they said, you know, because he was like, a, he's literally a miracle walking around today right now. Uh, they said, I, I don't know what was going on that day, but it felt like the, the, uh, the hospital was shaking. That's their words, not my words. That's what they said. It was like that, that time when it was like it was re re really close for him. It was like the, the, the earth was shaking. I was like, what? I need to start praying like that more often. Maybe some things that happen in my life that I because I, I know I need miracles. I'm praying right now. I pray that the earth will shake, that my mother will be healed. But let me tell you this, though. Even if she's not. My faith will not wane. We're going to keep, my family and I, we're going to keep pressing forward. And we're going to honor God with everything that we do. And so we need some unity. We need to learn how to pray because there's power in prayer. And the last thing that I'll say, the third thing that, that will help us, and this is not the, these are not the only things, but these are the three things that I found in this, in this right here. Singing. Said they were singing hymns. Now, I don't understand how you sing hymns sing songs with open wounds strapped to shackles. 
I don't see how you do that. But it said they were singing hymns. And it felt like the last time we were in person, I was talking about sing a new song in Psalm 13. I was talking about sing a new song. I'm not going to sing today. You got wonderful worship leaders to sing for you. I want you to go home and have a, a wonderful image of me, right? <laughs> not, not necessarily of me, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Like, I don't want you to be like, man, he was up there, he was preaching, then he started singing, and then that's when I lost him. You know, like, I don't want that. I, I don't want that for you guys. I want you guys to, to remember the words that I'm saying and not the song that I'm singing. Well, actually, I do want you to remember the song that I'm singing because I'm singing praises to the king, but that's another thing. But singing praise is just praise is an expression of worship, proclamation, and declaration of who God is and is usually set to music. So what we did right there, that was a form of praise and worship. And so my question is, how many of you praise the Lord? How many of you, because your situation or your circumstance is bad, or you going through a, a trial or a hardship that you hang your head, you hang your harp on the tree, and you say, how can I sing in the middle of this, of this captivity? That's what the, the people of God said when they were uh, under, uh, uh, un, under the rule in, in Babylon, when they were in exile there. They were, how can we sing right now? Hardship is not the time for you to droop your head. Hardship is the time for you to stand up and start singing. Because true worship and true, and true, and true breakthrough happens through the hardship. We know that all things work for the good of those who love Jesus and are called according to his purpose. So why wouldn't you get up and sing? And I'm not saying that it's easy because I'm telling you, there's been some days where I did not want to get out of bed. But I'm going to tell you, when I started singing, there was something that would begin to move in my spirit. It would cause me to act differently, would cause me to think differently and start believing and trusting and having faith in my Lord Jesus Christ. That he can heal my mother. That he can change this COVID situation that he can change the things that are happening within our family. He can do some different things within me. He can, he can loose me of the sin that I'm so entangled with. He can do that for you too. But you got to start singing. This is not the time to be closed mouth. It's time to open our mouth and sing. You see in 2 Second, Second Chronicles 20, uh, we see this in Jehoshaphat. Four, four enemies Again, surrounded, man, come on, man. God has a way of doing stuff that we have no answer for. Surrounded, four enemies, four enemies surrounding him. And instead of sending the armies first, you know what he sent before him? You wouldn't think this. You would think, he, you know, I, I'm not a military guy, but I don't know who's the first, I don't know who the first to go. Uh, in the military who, who's the first in our armed forces who, who goes who, who hits the ground first the marine corps yeah. uh, it, there you go what is it what y'all saying hoorah uh, he didn't send the marines he didn't send the air force he didn't send the army you know who he sent the worshipers <laughs> he sent the worshipers go read it Second Chronicles chapter 20 read it for yourself it said he sent the worshipers before him, and it said as soon as they opened up their mouth, the ambush was set for their enemies. They were confused. They were bound. They had to flee 
because they had no idea because the worship of God and the praise of God had went forth. So my question for you today, are you praising the Lord in the middle of your hardship? Man, the breakthrough ain't for you. The breakthrough is for people to see. And I believe that the world is watching you and me and how we go through this thing. Because it said that there, there was people listening. The jailer, if you read further, the jailer was like, what is going on? Uh, uh, how can I be saved? So people are watching you. This, the, the, the thing that I'm encouraging you to do is not even for you. It's for your neighbor. It's for your unbelieving son, your unbelieving sister, your unbelieving brother, your mother, whoever. That's for them to be able to see you through Christ. And we can bring people to Christ. We can start bringing people to the house. We can start bringing people into this place so they can be filled, so they can experience love, that unity. They can, they can see what it feels like to pray together and worship God together. They can feel that. So I'm encouraging you right now because I don't know where you are. Everybody's facing it the same. I've never experienced this in my life. I'm 40 years old. I, I, I mean, I haven't been through, you know, I haven't seen everything, but I've never experienced this where the entire world is going through the same thing. And I believe he's just preparing us for revival. But we got to be ready. We got to know that we got to persevere. So let's, let's endure. Let's thrive. Let's have some unity. Let's have some prayer. Let's have some praise. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you for this time. We love you. We ask that you would just uh, comfort us in our time of need. And, and again, I'm not asking that you would take even the... Um, the hardship or the trial away right now, God. I'm just asking that, that you would do in us what you would want to do in us. And if, it's, if it so happens that, that you shake the gates and the, and, and the prison doors open, man, so be it. But I'm asking for courage. I'm asking for obedience. I'm asking for a spirit of unity within the body of believers. I'm asking that we would learn how to pray and to seek your face with all of our hearts with all of our minds, with all of our souls, with all of our spirits. And I'm asking that instead of uh, going to a self-help book or calling our dearest friends, that we would first praise you and have a spirit of praise in our hearts and in our mouths. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless you. And we give you all the honor and all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official website at atmosphere.church. 
Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click the link that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. <laughs>